Church. I'm Alan, the campus pastor here at Lindsay Lane North. We really appreciate you joining us today. Now, I've heard it said that great leaders will never ask their followers to do anything that they wouldn't do themselves. So today, I'm actually serving in one of the North Kids rooms. Every week, Samantha and Cheryl prepare a Bible story and make sure a craft is ready to go. So volunteering back here is as easy as showing up ready to invest in our kiddos. If today is your first time here at North, please fill out the Connect card you received in your bulletin and place it in the offering bucket as you leave today. One of us, the church staff, will reach out to you with a call, text, or email later this week to thank you for visiting with us. And if there's any way that we can serve you today, please stop by the Next Steps table on your way out and somebody will be happy to assist you. Have a great day and enjoy the service. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our 1030 service. Hey, everybody online. Good to have y'all with us, too. I am Will. I'm the worship pastor, and that's Alan. He is actually in the preschool room today, and when I walked by this morning, I was heading to the restroom. There was a lot of screaming happening in that room, and so I know he's been blessed this morning, but hey, he is, he is uh, like we say, we don't want to rob him of that blessing, so we're going to let him continue today, but today we've got Pastor Joseph. He's our youth pastor, and uh, he's going to be bringing the word, so we're excited about that. It was great this morning for the first service. I'm excited about this second service as well. If you will, let's go ahead and stand together, and uh, I'm going to pray for us. I want you to take this time, if you haven't already prayed today, I want you to take time during this and, and just pray. Pray that God would move. Pray that his spirit would move in this place. Align yourself and surrender yourself this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence already in this room. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And God, I pray this morning that Jesus would be glorified. No matter where we are in life today, no matter what we're going through, God, you are worthy of our praises. You are worthy. And so, Lord, may we, may we give you all of our hearts and surrender to you today. May your spirit have freedom in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch. My eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word, you heal what's broken inside me. Just one word, and you revive every dream. Just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. 
There's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. power in his name this morning. Sing this with me. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like His power. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, I said there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall He can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, 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 Praise the Lord this morning. tell you what man that is that is good stuff like we we sing a lot of songs and and joseph's going to talk about this this morning we sing a lot of songs about the power that is in the name of jesus and yet a lot of times in our lives we don't rely on that power we don't even think about it we go through things in our lives and we think man you know this is something i'm doing alone and a lot of times we don't think about the power that is in the name of jesus this next song it just talks about how our god is on our side He's on your side. He's fighting for you if you're his children. And so sing this with us and celebrate this morning. One, two. Not angry, you're closed. And 
even in ways we don't know, you're fighting for us. You won't hold back when it comes to your children. You fiercely defend us till we stand delivered. You're fighting for us. Always fighting for us. You don't back down facing armies of thousands. You speak one word and they scatter around us. You're fighting for us. Always fighting for us. Always fighting for us. You never close your eyes. Never been surprised. Whatever war may rise, you're fighting for us. You move with holy rage in all your miraculous ways. And we simply stand here amazed, cause you're fighting for us. hold back when it comes to your children you fiercely defend us till we stand delivered you're fighting for us always fighting for us you don't back down facing armies of thousands you speak one word and they scatter around us you're fighting for us Always fighting for us, always fighting for us, always fighting for us. How great the love, the furious love of the Lift your voice. You won't hold back when it comes to your children. You fiercely defend us till we stand delivered. You're fighting for us. Always fighting for us. You don't back down facing armies of thousands. You speak one word and they scatter around us. You're fighting for us. Always fighting for us. Come on. Always fighting for us. 
in every heart, God, that you loosen every ear, God, open every ear so that we can fully grasp and understand the words that you have for us, everything that it is that you want us to see about you. God, I pray that you make it known. I pray that you reveal yourself to us in a way that we don't even comprehend, God, that that we can even fathom that, that you would be this way, God. I pray that you show us exactly who you are in this moment, in this time. And we just thank you, Father. And if today, God, if this morning is the last time that you ever use me, God, to present your gospel, to give your word, to give your message. God, I pray that it's done in a way that brings you honor, that brings you glory. And God, let this be nothing about me, but all about you. God, I pray that every bit of this is about you, that you speak through me, that you reveal yourself to each and every person in this room. God, you reveal it through me as just a vessel, God, that you speak through me, that you take my tongue and you utter the words that need to be uttered, God, that it is nothing about me and not my thoughts, but purely your truth and your word. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, you may be seated. Now, I will say for you guys in the the second service, I hope that you end up being more blessed than those in the first service just because we've already already had a moment, right? I've already been to a place, I've already preached a sermon, I've already worshipped, and then we just did it again. So my heart's prepared, my cup's overflowing, there are already tears rolling down my eyes, all right? Now, any of y'all that that kind of know me a little bit, know that I cry uncontrollably whenever God just gets me. 
So I'm already in a good place, and I thank Will and the team for the worship they give um, to prepare each and every one of us. So, and they do a fantastic job, and I appreciate everything that they do. If you're listening to us on the live stream, we're glad that you're joining us. We're we're uh, glad that you're here, whether you see this today or sometime in the future. I pray that you're blessed, and uh, at any point during this. Uh, that you feel like you need to make a decision, we'll make sure that you uh, get that QR code. Make sure you scan it and uh, fill out that online connect card. If you've made a decision or anything that you need, you need prayer, make sure that you let us know in whatever way, shape, form uh, that you need where we can help you. We'll make sure that someone in our church staff reaches out to you. This has been one of those special days, special moments, special mornings, where uh, a lot of people may not necessarily pull it together. They may not realize. They may not put all the pieces together. Um, but I don't know. The lady who was singing, Lulu Campbell, uh, if y'all don't know that her husband, uh, Marcus, actually lost his father not too long ago, uh, unexpectedly, in an accident. And it blessed me in the first service, and it blessed me in the second service, that Lulu's standing up here singing about how and God's there for you. He, he's, in the, he's in the moment. He's in the fire. He's in the water. He's in the battle. And it says, I'll count joy in every battle because I know that's where you'll be. And that was one of the hardest things. She broke down. And she said, this is one of the hardest things I've done because she's struggling with the why of God taking her, her father-in-law and her husband's dad so abruptly, so like this. But yet she's still standing up here singing praises to him. That was one of those moments to me where you see how God pulls you through something. You see where God picks you up and puts you on his shoulders and walks you in a way that you can't walk yourself, he'll take you there. When you can't stand, he stands you up. So if y'all remember it and think about it, uh, make sure you let Lulu and them know you're praying for him. Please don't just say I'm praying for you. Make sure to pray for him because they're going through some stuff. That, that's just one, but they are going through some stuff. So y'all please just continue to pray for them, be with them, or reach out to them any way you can and let them know that you appreciate them uh, and are there for them, all right? So today, this morning, we are going to try to learn a little bit about God. And when I say try, it's because the sermon title, what we're talking about, is very, very deep, and I hope that I can do it justice. I hope that I, I present it in a way that that it actually makes sense, that, that it shows you exactly who we're talking about. Because when we talk about what we're going to talk about today, you're going to see Yahweh is a lot deeper than I can even give it justice. Yahweh is a lot bigger than I can explain. Yahweh is a lot deeper than I can even expound to you. Yahweh is the personal name of God and all that encompasses that. So we're going to get started. We're going to jump into this. We're just going to seek God. Can y'all do that? Everybody good? Everybody happy? Everybody loose? All right? Because you're going to have to hold on, ride, have fun with me, and allow God to move through you in whatever way that, that he chooses. I'm going to teach you something before we get started, all right? Uh, this is a little bit of Bible teaching. This is to teach you something cool that may help you in your future readings and studies. When you read your Bible, you're going to see the word Lord. Lord is spelled L-O-R-D every time. But there are three different ways that it is spelled that have three different meanings. You'll see Lord in the Bible, L-O-R-D, all caps. That means something. You'll see Lord spelled in the Bible, capital L, little O-R-D. 
That means something. And then the third way you'll see the word Lord spelled is all little bitty caps, Lord, L-O-R-D. Now, I'm going to focus on the one today and tell you what it means. All caps, L-O-R-D, literally means Jehovah or Yahweh. So anytime you're reading the Bible and you come across this and it says the Lord, L-O-R-D, know who that's talking about because they're interchangeable. You'll, You'll see Lord spread throughout Scripture Focus in on this because this is our translation. This is the way English tried to capture what was written in the Greek and the Hebrew. This is the way that we try to get exactly what, what, what the writer was talking about, what God's revealing to us. So when you see LORD, all caps, know that that is talking about God himself. Okay, Remember that as we go through this. Point number one as we, we jump into what we're going to jump into. But before we do, I want to tell you all something. Can I tell you all something? Normally... In my student services or any Sunday morning thing that I do, I have about two pages of notes, which I run through fairly quickly, and uh, we get on it. Today, I have four solid pages, okay? Now, everybody went, ugh, but I promise, it is still shorter than Alan. So don't worry. Don't feel bad. You will get out of here on time, uh, and we're going to have a good time doing it. But, uh, yeah, four pages Um, And we run through it fairly quickly. So y'all hang in there with us. Point number one, God reveals his holiness. Point number one, God reveals his holiness. We're going to jump into Exodus chapter three. So if you have your Bibles, you want to follow along, you want to turn with us, it's Exodus chapter three. We're going to go through verse 15, but we're going to skip a few. So we're going to start in one and go through six, and then we'll pick up from there. So Exodus 3, 1 through 6. It says, One day Moses was tending to the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord, y'all see that, all caps, when the Lord, when Yahweh saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, I am here, or here I am, Moses replied. In verse 5, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, Um, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And y'all have all heard the story of Moses in the burning bush. We we know this. But but what you see here is that that Moses is walking up, and and God is in the bush. He manifested himself in this way of the burning bush. And, And when Moses is walking up, he says, Moses, stop. Because if you walk any closer, if you take another step without making yourself right, without preparing yourself, you're walking on holy ground because I'm here. And where I am is holy, so you better hang on. Wait where you are. Take off your sandals. For because I am here, this is holy ground. And then we skip on down. God ends up telling Moses, you're going to go to Egypt. You're going to be the voice 
to make sure that you get the people out of Israel. You're going to talk to, out of Egypt. You're going to talk to Pharaoh, and you're going to tell him to let my people go. We're going to rescue them out of their bondage and out of their slavery because I've heard their cry. And then in Exodus 3, 11, you see where we're going to pick up. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses again protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, they'll ask me, what's his name? And then what should I tell them? And in verse 14, God replies, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And then God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. So God shows up in the bush and and Moses is intrigued by it and he comes up to look at it and he says, hang on, hang on, I'm here, it's holy. You can't come up here. You can't walk up here because where I am is holy ground. And you're gonna go, Moses, and you have a job. You need to go to Egypt and you need to grab the Israelites and you need to get in Pharaoh's face and tell him to let them go because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has said, let them go. And Moses says, so what if I tell them that? Let me tell them something else. And God says, fine, tell them I am. No, better yet, tell them my personal name. Tell them Yahweh sent you. God is revealing his holiness to Moses. He's revealing who he is to Moses. He's saying, this is who I am. Let me read you this definition of holy. Holy means dedicated or consecrated, set apart, separated. So God says, Moses, where you're about to step is holy ground because I'm here and I'm holy. And when I'm holy, I'm separate from you. I'm segregated from you. I am consecrated from you because you are sin. You are of the world, but I am not. I am God and I am holy. I am God and I am good. I am God and I am jealous. I am God and I have holy anger. I am God and I have holy rage. I am different from you. And let me read you the definition of holiness because this is cool. Holiness literally means the state of being holy. So when when God reveals himself and says, I am who I am, what he's saying is I just am. I am the state of being who I am. I am the state of holy. I am holy and there's no other way to explain it to you what holiness is except to say I am Yahweh and I am what I am. That is who I am, and that's all I am. And all you have to do is go up and tell people that I am said to go to you. I am. And he reveals his name, Yahweh. In Scripture, you don't necessarily see Yahweh spelled out that much. Actually, in biblical times, as it progressed, people quit using the name. They actually substituted it for Adonai. That may seem like, well, why would they do that? It's out of respect. 
They said the name Yahweh was so personal, so holy, so great that we can't even utter it. We won't even write it. We won't even come close to saying it. So let's call it something else. And we know what it means, but we won't say it. Because if we utter the name of God, that is wrong. That's incorrect. Because God said to keep his name holy and do not use it in vain. And they took that to heart and they said, there's something about the name Yahweh. We won't even say it. And then you have us, a generation of people. You have us, a generation of people who even claim to be believers that throw God's name around and Jesus' name around like it's nothing. Somebody jumps out and scares us and what do we say? Oh my God, you scared me. Something cool happens and we're like, oh my God, that's awesome. We willy-nilly take the name of God, the holy, wonderful, all-being name of God, and we throw it out in the air like it's nothing. The people in the Bible knew what it meant. The people in Scripture knew the power in his name. The people in Scripture knew what it meant not to take it in vain. They knew what it meant, the reverence that it had, the power that it had, the holiness that it had. And they said, we won't even say it. We won't even write it. We're not even going to go there. But yet we take it and it's just like whatever. No big deal. God, Jesus, we forget the power. We forget the holiness. We forget exactly what it is. So much so, Moses stops at the bush and says, I can't even look at that. Because if I look at that, I'll die. We throw it around like it's candy. The name Yahweh is so much deeper. It's so much bigger. It's holy. That's why there's angels gathered around the throne every day, 24-7, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy to the three, the utmost, the third most, everything that it is. They are crying out that he is holy. And then we go, whatever. Now, I'm not getting on to you. I've done it. I'm not, I'm not one of them. Hear me out. I'm trying to get us to a point that we understand the God we're about to talk about. We're talking about Yahweh. Y'all good? Y'all ready? Point number two, God reveals his glory. Point number two, God reveals his glory. We're going to walk through this. How many of y'all know about Elijah and the contest on Mount Carmel? A few, yes, okay. If you don't, that's okay. We're going to teach you. Elijah and the contest on Mount Carmel. It's a, it's a big story. I'm going to summarize some of it to you, and then we'll pick up in uh, 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 30. So I'm going to summarize this, and then we're going to keep going. Elijah goes to this place where there's 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. Those are fake gods. Those are, those are idols that they had. And he comes up, and he says, all right, Y'all been him hawing enough. How long are you going to go between two opinions? How long are you going to go back and forth between God and Baal, God and Asherah? How long are you going to do this? Because there's 950 or 850 of you, and there's one of me. Let's have a contest. 
Get all the people of Israel and get the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. Bring them all up on Mount Carmel. Let's do this. I'm tired of you teetering. I'm tired of you wavering. We're going to see who's God. And he says, here's the rules. We're going to build an altar. And on this altar, we're going to make a sacrifice. You pick your animal, I'll pick my animal. You pick your best, I'll pick my best. You sacrifice it, I'll sacrifice it. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Elijah says, deal? And they go, yeah, that's cool. We'll do it. Great. So all of Israel comes up on the mountain. All 850 prophets, 450 of Baal, 400 of Asherah, they're all there. In the morning, he says, you go first. You prophets, you go first. They say, all right, we'll do it. So they take their animal, they slaughter it, they throw it on the altar, and they start crying out to their gods. They start crying out, oh, hear us, answer us, do what you do. Oh, Baal, oh, and they're doing, and they're praying, and they're trying. And this starts in the morning and until noontime. And then at noontime, Elijah does what I love. I'm slightly arrogant. I'm a very competitive individual. I will trash talk my four-year-old if I have to. (laughs) Elijah does what I would have done, I hope. At least he did what I think is awesome. Around noontime when they've been trying since morning to get their God to answer, he starts mocking them. He says, uh, hey, maybe your God hasn't answered because he's asleep. Or better yet, maybe your God hasn't answered because he went on a trip and somebody's got to go fetch him. Or, oh, how about this one? Maybe, maybe your God hasn't answered because he's relieving himself in the bathroom. <laughs> Come on, y'all keep trying. Keep on seeking your God. It's a, he'll answer eventually. Come on, y'all keep trying. Somebody will get him. And I reckon that fired them up. They got a little mad at that point. They said, all right, he's mocking us. There's, there's 850 of us and one of him. We can't have this. So they decided to take it a step further. Starting at noontime until the afternoon, they started really calling on their God. So much so that they did exactly what makes sense. They started taking swords and cutting themselves. Doing anything they could. Now look, answer us. We're, we're doing everything we can for you to answer us. And the whole time, Elijah's just probably sitting over there like, eating honey, just chilling, going, what are y'all doing? And then finally, Elijah says, all right, my turn. And that's where we're going to pick up in 1 Kings 18, verse 30. Then Elijah called all the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord. Y'all see this, L-O-R-D. As he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons, and he piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. And then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. Now keep in mind, the God that answers by fire is the real God. The God that answers by fire is the one that's going to win. And he says, fill four large jars with water and pour it over the offering in the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. 
Because four large jars once, whatever. Four large jars twice, oh yeah. No, how about this? Do it three times. Do it so much so that the water starts to fill up that trench we put around the altar. I want this thing soaking wet. I want it so wet that you're going to be going, how in the world can this burn? So they did what he said. The water ran around the altar and filled the trench. And at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, Oh Lord, y'all see this, right? Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. Oh Lord, answer me. Answer me so that the people will know. Everybody say no. Everybody say no. All right, one more time. Everybody say no. Answer me so that the people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord, y'all see this, all caps, the fire of Yahweh flashed down from the heavens and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell face down on the ground and they cried out, Oh Lord, all caps, oh Yahweh, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. You want to talk about the glory? God reveals his glory Let me give you the definition of glory. It means a high renown or honor won by notable achievements. Elijah said, quit wavering, pick one. The the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And and they go through this and they go through the whole contest and, and, and God sends down his fire and everybody falls on their face and says, Yahweh is God. We see it. We know it. We're giving him glory. It's Yahweh. He's the one. Not Baal, not Asherah, none of them. It's God. But God in his all-wonderful power who wants glory, who is due glory, who is holy, said, I'm not just going to burn up an altar. I'm going I'm to burn up a wet altar. I'm going to burn up a wet bull. And even more than that, I'm going to take a rock that normally doesn't burn. All those stones burned. Dust burned. There ain't a thing left because he is all-consuming. He is holy. He is separate. And he said, if you even have a doubt that I am God, I ain't just going to burn up the bull. I'm going to burn up the whole shebang. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to show you my glory. I, Yahweh, am God. I am who I am. And it says all the people then knew he was God. Y'all following me thus far? Y'all about to have, y'all ready to have fun? Because I'm ready to have fun. Point three is where the fun kicks in. God revealed his holiness. God revealed his glory. And point number three, God reveals his promise. God reveals his promise. Six days later, Jesus took Peter. This is Matthew 17, starting in verse 1. Matthew 17, verse 1. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. 
Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. And Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them. This is God showing up to the party. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And the disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. And then Jesus came over and he touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And they looked up and Moses and Elijah were gone. And then there was only Jesus. That may not seem like much, but it is jam-packed with goodness. Anybody ever wondered why Jesus shows up on the mountain? He brings his three disciples and they're all there. And then Jesus transformed. You ever wonder why Moses and Elijah showed up? You ever wondered why those two? Moses was the giver of the law, was the the one who who brought about holiness from God, who, who God revealed to himself in the tent of meetings, who God revealed to himself on Mount Sinai, who who God segregated to himself, who who consecrated himself to him and said, Moses, I will show up in a cloud and I will speak to you face to face like you talk to a friend. And he revealed his holiness to Moses and said, show the people how to be holy as I am holy by giving them the law that says this is what you must do to be righteous. And then he goes to Elijah and he says, you are the prophet. You are the one, one of many who will come and, uh, and tell and prophesy about the coming of my Savior. You represent the prophets. So Jesus stands on the mountain. He's transformed with the representation of the law and the representation of the prophets. And in Matthew five seventeen, you see this. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I didn't come to abolish what Moses said. I didn't come to abolish the holiness. I didn't come to abolish the right standing that God's called you to. And I sure didn't come to abolish what the prophet said. Instead, I stand here today upholding what the prophet said and upholding what the law said. And I am telling you today, I am the promised Messiah. I am the son of God. I am the savior of the world. The one foretold in the law and the one foretold in the prophets. Everything points to me. And it gets even better than that. God revealed his holiness and God revealed his glory. And you see it in Moses and you see it in Elijah. But now you get to see it even more so. Mark 1, 21 through 24. Mark 1, 21 through 24. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority, quite unlike teachers of religious law. And suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Why have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Let me say that again. Jesus, we know who you are. You're holy. We know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. We've seen you. We know who you are. You're holy. God reveals his holiness. 
And then in 1 John 17, this is what you see out of Jesus starting in verse 1, or in John 17. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He's given eternal life to each one you've given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you. Everybody say no. Say it. Say it again. Just like God on Mount Carmel said, hey, or Moses, Elijah said on Mount Carmel, God, show them who you are so that they know you're the God in Israel. Jesus cries out and says, God, glorify me to glorify you so that they know. So that they know that you're God. So that they know that I'm your son. Let them know that we are who we say we are. Let them know that you are who you claim to be. Let them know that you're holy. Let them know that you're glorious. Let them know that you're good. Let them know that you're God by putting glory in me so that I can throw glory to you. Because God, you are who you say you are. You are Yahweh. And just like you told Moses, go get my people Israel. And just like you told Elijah, tell them, I am God, and I'm going to get my people. He told Jesus, it's time. Go get my people. Redeem them back to me. It is time. For the law and the prophets are coming to a head. They're coming to a place. They're coming to a point to where you see God's promise, and you see God's character. You see Yahweh show up in who he is. He says, God, Jesus, go be holy, and go give me glory, and go get my children. They've been apart from me long enough, and I will not have it anymore. Go get them. Redeem them back to me. Reconcile their heart. Show them who you are. And understand this, church. Jesus didn't want to do this. He cries out in the garden, God, if there's any other way to bring them back to you, let this cup pass from me. God, is there any other way to save them? Is there any other way to redeem them? Let it be done that way, but not my will, but yours, God, because you're holy and you're right and you're true. And God said, no, this is the only way. You have to be the propitiation for sin. You have to die on the cross. You have to be perfect and you have to be the sacrifice. And Jesus says, okay, do it. So he goes and he he climbs the mountain. He gets on the cross. He's crucified. He's done everything that God's called him to do. And it is all in the name of Yahweh. It is all in the name of getting you back. It is all in the name of redemption. It's all in the name of glory. It's all in the name of making sure that you know who you are to him and making sure that you know who he is. He is God. He is Yahweh. He is holy. He is glory. He is a jealous anger. And he says, consecrate yourself to me. First Peter 1.16 says this. You must be holy because I am holy. Understand who I am. And you've got to be the same. Understand who I am. I'm holy. I'm good. I'm separate. I'm consecrated. I'm not in this world. I may be in it, but I ain't of it. He calls you to be that way. And we willy-nilly don't take God for who he is. We don't let God put his glory through us. Instead, we shame him on a daily basis. 
We don't really think about the power in the name of Jesus. We don't think about the power in the name Yahweh. We don't think about his real authority and who he is and what he's called us to be. Elijah, as me and we were talking, Elijah said, or Will said, Elijah's just like us. Elijah was a human being just like us. But yet he understood who God was. And look what he was able to do. Moses, just like us, but he understood the holiness of God. The disciples, just like us. And they understood the holiness of God. They grasp Yahweh so much so that they say, I won't even say it. I won't go near it. As Will comes, I want to make sure that we go through closing. I want to give you the opportunity. If you're out there and you can say, I don't know that I've ever been saved. I know Jesus went through everything that he went through. I know God brought Jesus to this earth to to save me from my sin, to redeem me back to him. But I don't know that I've ever given that the time of day. I don't know that I've actually thought about that for what it was. I don't know that I know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. We can take care of that for you. If you're listening online and you're struggling with it, you can say, I don't know that I'm saved. This is very simple. You scan that QR code. code. You will fill out that connect card. You mark that you need to talk to a pastor. You mark that you want to give your life to Christ. We'll make sure that we talk to you. Just because you ain't here don't mean that you don't matter. And the same for you guys. Any decision that you need to make, if it's, it's to lay down something, it's to talk to God, it's to get close to God, it's to walk up into his presence and his holiness and say, God, I'm a sinner and I have failed you and I need you. If it's to bow down and just say, Yahweh, you're God and I know you're good and I'm going through something and I can't seem to get through it, he'll be there for you. Whatever it is that you need today, if it's prayer, we'll pray with you. If you need salvation, we got you. We'll show you exactly how to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible makes it very simple. It says, if a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, he can and will be saved. That's simple. You choose Jesus because he already chose you. If y'all would stand, this is your time. If you need to come, you come. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame, all who are broken, lift up your face, oh wanderer, come home, you're not too So lay down your hurts, lay down your heart, come as you are. I'm not one to to completely linger and and to do this. I just hope that, that you fully grasp in your heart exactly what it is 
to, to take a snapshot of who God is and to understand his eternal name, to understand who he is to all generations and to understand first and foremost his love for you. He loved his people Israel when he sent Moses. He loved the people whenever he showed up and, and allowed them to know who he was on Mount Carmel. And he loved the people whenever he sent his son Jesus to die for the whole world. So when it says Yahweh and he says I am, that's who he is. He is love. He is good. He's holy. He's righteous. He's a provider. Everything that you need, he says I am. So I would encourage you, if you need anything, please make sure to to reach out to us. If for any reason you didn't respond this morning, it's not too late. Fill out that connect card. Drop it in the offering bucket. That may be the way you choose to do that. Any decision you've made, we'll make sure to reach out to you as church staff to to make sure that you're taken care of. So with that, you may be seated, and uh, we'll check out these announcements. family. Will here and I've got a few things you need to know about before we leave. First, food trucks and fireworks is happening tonight from 5 to 9 p.m. Bring your family and your lawn chairs to the rec fields for a great evening of fellowship. Ladies, we've got a fellowship event just for you. Our women's ministry luncheon is happening on July 24th at 12 p.m. This is a free event for ladies of all ages. If you want to sign up, follow the link on your bulletin or visit the next steps table. And finally, interest groups are meeting now and will continue throughout the summer. These are geared for fellowship and outreach and they provide a fun environment to build relationships within the church, just like our softball team last night. We got beat pretty bad, but you know, that's okay. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time. Yeah, fire the coach. Y'all ain't doing any better. You need to fire your coach. It's always good to see everybody here today. Uh, man, we are so excited about food trucks and fireworks tonight. Food trucks and fireworks at 5, naps at noontime. Be there tonight, ready to go, have a great time. Uh, you know, Joseph was talking about Yahweh. Uh, my name, actually, Jeremiah, has the Yahweh root in it. So that's kind of a neat connection. Uh, anytime you see any of the names in the Bible, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zechariah, Obadiah, that Yah at the end is the short for Yahweh. So that means the Lord does something. In my name, the Lord um, exalts. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Um, so this is the time in the service where we do give our tithes and offerings uh, in obedience to God. Uh, so if you came prepared to give with cash or check, you can use one of the envelopes in the chair backs in front of you and put that in the offering bucket in the back. If you're a guest with us today, we don't ever ask our guests to give when cash or check. We just ask you to take your Connect card and drop that in the bucket on your way out. Uh, there's two other ways you can give. You can text North Give to 31996. You can also give online at lindsaylanenorth.org. For those of you watching online, thanks for tuning in. You can give to the address that's on the bottom of your screen right now. All right, we will see you guys tonight at 5 o'clock. There's still some invite cards, so if you've got some family you want to invite, grab a couple of those on your way out at the Next Steps table. See you all there. You all are dismissed.